0: the name of the show, do good, feel good, now you're in the know.
1: But it was a really good episode. Yeah, it
0: was fun,
1: yeah. <laughs> I had but, fun. And now we've been recording this episode.
2: Yeah, no, it's yeah. just <laughs> recording. <laughs> here we are. Yeah.
1: This We have a very special um, podcast for you guys today because we have a special guest host. And it's someone that y'all have all known and loved, and you guys have been writing me for months asking him <laughs> to come back. I can't believe how many tweets we got about it. Here yeah. we, we finally brought him back. Record-breaking. Mis- Mr. Dennis...
2: Escalero. Escalero. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I was like, Mr. Dennis, what?
1: <laughs> and we've got a real live special guest on our couch yeah. as well. On your couch. And he... Our couch. This is our couch. <laughs> and he is... Alex Hart. And where are you from? Alex,
3: where uh, are you from? I'm from uh, Rise Against Hunger. I'm the community engagement manager. No, where are you from? Where are you born? Oh, uh, I was <laughs> born in Rochester, New York, but I grew up in Columbia, Maryland.
1: Would you say that's upstate New York?
3: It. I. Th- I think there's a big debate, but I think it's technically Western New York. Uh
1: oh. Yeah. What about
3: well, a uh, Controversial episode. Yeah. yeah nice. There's like there's a line. I don't know it that well. I'm a. I'm a traitor to the New York gang because I don't know it too too well. But I know. My mom and dad get into a discussion about if it's upstate New York or western New York.
1: Are they on opposite sides?
3: My dad grew up in true upstate New York in Watertown, which is like Mm -hmm. where snow originates. Uh, And then my mom grew up in more western New York. And Rochester seems like the line for them, but...
1: And what about um, (laughs) Rhinebeck, New York? Where's that? What would that be considered?
3: I have no idea where that is. (laughs) Do
1: you know where it is? I have no idea. Well, then why don't we instead talk about where you are from as far as work goes?
3: Okay, I'm, uh, I'm from Rise Against Hunger. I'm the Community Engagement Manager for the National Capital Region. Mm. And Rise Against Hunger, we're uh, international hunger relief group. Um, we work in a couple of different areas in uh, food distribution, mostly to school feeding programs in 31 countries. We also work a fair amount in disaster relief, uh, distributing uh, aid in man-made and natural disasters. Excuse me, as well as uh, working in community development. So, uh, you know, we always say we're never going to end hunger by giving food. We need to work with communities to see what the underlying issues are and see how we can help. And a lot of times that means jobs and keeping money in the community. Um, So a lot of our work focuses on the agricultural sector. So really trying to uh, get mostly money into these programs so that people can uh, either get resources or get training on how they can keep money in their communities.
1: That's awesome. That was very long winded. No, no,
2: <laughs> All important.
1: So, do you have any questions right off the bat?
2: I have so many questions. Well, I, for me, I always like to know like why is this so important to you?
3: Yeah, um, I think for me, you know, I grew up uh, in a position where hunger was not really a thing for me. You know, I think kind of the normal, you know, it's almost lunchtime and you are kind of hungry just because you're hungry. Um, But like the systemic, you know, not really sure if you are going to eat today type of hunger. uh, I never experienced that. And, um, you know, just through my studies and through uh, kind of traveling, I was able to see a little bit of it. And it just was something that I think is absolutely abhorrent in the fact that we have so many resources and we have so much food that is produced that, you know, everyone should be able to eat. Everyone, no one should worry about where their next meal is coming from. Um, and I just, you know, I wanted a job where I could do something about it and hopefully help a little bit. Sometimes it feels like a drop in the ocean, but, you know, it, it, it starts
2: to add up, I guess, if you keep dropping. Yeah, I think it's also with there are like multiple people dropping, then that yeah. you, you see the impact. Exactly.
1: And do you, so you work internationally, but you also work locally?
3: So all of our meals that we send, Rise Against Hunger, will go internationally. Um, The only time that we will work domestically is during disaster relief situations, and that's typically not food. Um, Typically what we send are hygiene kits, so bars of soap, uh, deodorant, toothbrush, toothpaste, a small towel, things like that to help people feel a little normal again. um, We also have warehouse spacing. We've got 28 warehouses across the U.S. that we will open up. Free of charge to other local organizations to use as staging areas. So we've done it down in Florida, we've done it in the Carolinas, um, typically around hurricane season. So just a place that they can put everything and then yeah. distribute it back out. Do uh, you
1: ever, um, people, do people ever say that that's like mission drift or something because it's not like dealing directly with hunger?
3: Uh, kind of. I mean, I think, I think the biggest thing that we kind of rationalize it with is that, you know, we're in these communities. Um, our headquarters is in North Carolina, and uh, you know we have offices and staff that are in a lot of these places that are very flood-prone, that are hurricane-prone. So, you know, if we can help, I think it's important that we do help. Uh, but yeah, I think you know it, because the food doesn't stay locally, and we pretty much never distribute food locally. The only time we've done it within the United States is distributing in Puerto Rico um, after the hurricane. We mm. sent about sixty thousand meals down to Puerto Rico. But otherwise, the food is going international, and then when we can use our other resources, we will.
1: Nice. What was
3: the
2: term that you used?
1: Mission drift.
3: Yeah, yeah, explain that that to the
2: audience. (laughs)
1: Basically, like a lot of, um, like sometimes, like nonprofits can get heat if they try to like take on all these initiatives that don't seem to align like directly with their mission. So, like with Habitat, for a while, this isn't really mission drift, but just like something that people can get pissed about like if we try to start doing advocacy mm-hmm. people are like you're supposed to be building houses why are you wasting our funds trying to like politics rally the and troops yeah. into politics so it's just i don't know anything that can seem like you're not spending donor funding in a way that is like directly in line with your mission can get kind of like controversial
3: definitely definitely um,
1: and like what the whole local thing i asked because like wondering if you get any pushback for like not addressing the issue here even though every organization has their own mission it's not your responsibility to like solve everything around the country but
3: yeah i think yes and no um we've got 28 offices around the u.s that are all working with volunteers and donors in those specific areas so i'd say up here um in the dc area i i really don't get it too too much maybe every so often I, i think um you know just a lot of people in this area are pretty well versed on just kind of especially the international ramifications of it. We work with a lot of communities that have very strong ties to the communities that we're working in mm-hmm. um, We have people that have traveled or have a, a, a big knowledge of it. But um, I will say, you know, maybe in other areas, and I think it's a very fair question, you know, there is definitely hunger in the United States. And while our mission is international background, um, I think, you know, I always encourage people at my events and, and uh, just people that I talk to, if you can do something here, do it you know we we love to hear that and actually some of our groups will kind of do both you know where they'll come to a meal packaging event and package meals that will go to our school feeding programs abroad but kind of their price of admission is to bring uh, canned goods or something that will be distributed locally um, and I think That's it's nice. a great way to tie both of those in because there's hunger everywhere obviously my job just is to focus on the international side.
1: want to get into some fun questions now I thought sure. that wasn't fun. No. Yeah, I was having so much fun. Well, I, I think... don't
3: think I did well with the fun questions on stage. Yeah, you so. did. I listened
1: to it,
2: and it was good. <laughs> well, it's, oh God, it's so much different on stage, because like, people were looking at you, and then... Oh, I was you, terrified. My yeah. mom was there. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, you said the F word on stage. I know. That's <laughs> yeah. Okay, well... I talked to her after. I was like, sorry, Mom. <laughs> well, that's how I felt, because I, I went on stage recently with her... And it was the first time I'd ever been on stage, and I was just like, oh my god, I don't like this. Yeah. Well, and we... it was this at a uh, Kramer. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like such a weird space. Yeah. Just like, mm-hmm. yeah. And
1: that was after the like the flood. There was like a random flood in that area of town, so that it was like decreased in size. So it was only rows <laughs> yeah. of part two of and two. Uh, yeah. Part of the room was yeah, closed, yeah, yeah.
2: but it's also like I think it's different when there is a stage and you can kind of look out onto the people, and you kind of feel like maybe you're somehow bigger than them. But here <laughs> you're kind of yeah. like on the same level. Like there might be like a little stand. And it's just very uncomfortable, I was a little There wasn't so, a, a drunk. There's not a stand. We had been drinking before. Well,
1: we ended up drinking a lot, because yeah, we I got, got drink, insecure yeah. after the first thing. And we, we made up... Sorry, <laughs> I'm going to edit this out. But we basically first live... No, it wasn't. It, anyways, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll edit all that out.
2: Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just edit out the rest of my life while you're at it. No. <laughs> um,
1: we had fun. So, anyways, it's awkward to be on stage. Yeah. Okay, so now it's time for the questions that the audience sent, and they texted us these. Oh,
2: no. Yeah, there were so many, it was really hard to kind of weed through them and pick the best ones.
1: Yeah. So, we just (laughs) did find, we put them all in a Word document, and then we did find, and these are the words that popped up the most, so we sorted them by these questions. Yeah, it
2: took a long time, but we really did it for you all.
1: Yeah. You're welcome, fans. (laughs) So, do you want to go first?
2: Um, Yeah. Oh, (laughs) wait—the first one, first one.
1: I I mean, you could do a fun one.
2: Okay. Oh yeah. Um, what is your comfort food? Ooh. Um, definitely uh, mac and cheese. I Mm. eat like
3: uh, a strange amount of mac mac and cheese, and And from like good to like just really terrible. Like I will make a lot of Kraft mac and cheese just to do it.
1: So you're like Um, a Kraft over Velveeta kind of guy.
3: Kind of, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's because I like the cheap stuff. and. Is you know, Velveeta not cheap? I, oh, it's probably just as cheap. I'm just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's where I live. The I've never had Velveeta <laughs> because
2: it sounds fancy. It
3: sounds fancy, right? The commercials like the liquid gold. Yeah. It, yeah. I know the commercials for a magazine. Too,
1: so. <laughs> I used to have Velveeta, but it's still like, I think it's like one step up from craft. And yeah. I sometimes <laughs> think it comes in like a squeeze packet, but sometimes I think it comes in kind of a weird um block that you don't have to refrigerate that's kinda like gel gelatinous. Ooh. But it's like very smooth.
3: Give me the cheese powder all day. <laughs> yeah. oh, is that the, what the craft one that's is? The craft you got the little
2: little packet of powder and you just yeah, the, the crack powder. Yes.
1: None of the presidential candidates said mac and cheese.
2: Mac and cheese for sure. All day. <laughs> what about you? Um I would say it's definitely pizza. That's good one. all day every day. Any any kind of pizza. I can eat any kind of pizza. I really enjoy like Little Caesars pizza. Oh, me too. Because I still it's get the it's, a, it's affordable and it's delicious. Yeah. What about you, Lauren?
1: I only used to eat um, Little Caesars when I would go to Kmart because they had one in my <laughs> Kmart. Uh, rest in peace. Did you? I I, just, love K-Mart. I think I sometimes still see a Kmart every now and then. In your dreams, really? maybe. Yeah, Open? maybe. <laughs> just like
2: the
3: shelf Like a scary yeah.
1: one. <laughs> I feel like I've seen one, but maybe it was like one of the last ones that remained.
2: Yeah, <laughs> the, the last one. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I don't know what my comfort food is because. I don't know, why do you pick your comfort? Like, how do those bring you comfort?
2: I don't know. I know part of it is, like, it was something that I really liked as a kid, and it was sort of, like, a treat, you know? And now as an adult, I can treat myself whenever I want. Yeah,
3: I think the same way. I ate a lot as a kid because my parents would work, and I would come home from school, and like, I would make mac and cheese for myself. (laughs) Oh my god, yeah, same way. the one thing that I knew how to make, so it was just sort of, like...
1: That I'm a grown-up. I'm
3: making mac and cheese. I used <laughs> to,
1: like, eat every... Like, I used to eat meat and cheese, and I don't eat dairy or meat now, so I feel like that's why I don't really have, like, a traditional comfort food. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but, yeah. those weird comfort foods. Yeah.
1: I also like um, mayonnaise that's, like, not sweet. Like, an okay. aioli. Sweet. Like, an aioli. Like, you know, like... <laughs> an, an aioli. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, okay. Uh, <laughs> I love an aioli, like, for sure. Like, I man. like aioli, and, like, you can put aioli on anything and make it better. And then... But I'm talking about, like... Miracle Whip.
3: Oh, yeah. You don't like Miracle Whip? No,
1: that's like sweet and tangy. I don't like that. Really? Yeah, it's so not good. Do you like it?
3: I mean, I'm not eating it out the jar, but like,
2: I'll I'll, I'll put it on some stuff. If
3: yeah,
0: I,
2: sweet mayo just sounds, but I, I guess I've had
3: sweet. Miracle Whip is
1: sweet, sweet. sweet. Yeah. Like, if you were to pick a mayonnaise, would you pick Miracle Whip or like Hellman's?
2: Probably Hellman's. Yeah. yeah like a variation of Hellman's or like some <laughs> other brand, but it has to be a, a, a different, I was gonna say flavor, but like a chipotle, Yay, yeah, anyway, and yeah, and aioli, uh, yeah, and aioli. Is yeah. Miracle Whip even mayonnaise?
1: Yeah, it is. It's like a weird version of mayonnaise. Oh, I thought
3: it was kind of like how uh, they call like it margarine to butter type oh, deal. Like
2: it's sort no, of like no,
3: no. I guess my comfort food is
1: mayonnaise, which is like <laughs> disgusting, but I yeah. like it.
2: I mean, it makes me uncomfortable, but if it makes you comfortable, <laughs> you little, so.
1: you like it. You just said it.
2: I know, but no uh, just the way that you talked about those. You're eating it with things. I wasn't I would like saying that. I see was... of how
1: much she's mean, eating
3: compared.
2: The to way that? I'm talking about <laughs> it, I'm just saying like you can dip your
1: fries in it. You can dip anything you want in it. You can okay, yeah, 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 Mix it, make it spicy. Not put it on not your by food. itself.
2: Perfect. Yeah. Um, some people.
1: Well, like in other countries, they'll give you like fries and then a plate of mayonnaise. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Anytime I have someone like European come into my restaurant, they always want mayonnaise with their fries.
1: It's good. <laughs> Well, I have vegan You guys should taste them before you leave. Have you ever tasted it? Maybe you could dip Mm -hmm. a plantain chip in it and do a review on the podcast later. (laughs) A live review. Yeah. (laughs) It's really good. Okay, so comfort foods are done.
2: Yeah. Oh, so I think you're next.
1: Well, did you, have you heard about the um, presidents? No,
2: but I said, yeah, I, you mentioned that. I have not heard this. Well, briefly. This was an actual question that they were asked. They were no, New answers.
1: York New York yeah. Times did a, like an article on it. They asked everyone what's their favorite comfort food. Comfort oh, foods. Cory Booker said veggies. Yes. But I think that doesn't surprise me because he's actually 50 and he looks so he's young. He's Wow. Yeah, you would never guess.
2: It's weird. He doesn't look young. He looks like he doesn't have an age. Like, he just yes. has, like, his yeah. eyes. It, it's like they, an
1: ambiguous age. Yeah,
2: like he's immortal or something.
1: Yeah. Um, I'll just read a few ones. Oh, of wait, these.
2: Go, run. <laughs> wait. This one. John Delaney, grilled chicken sandwich from McDonald's. No sauce, two of them. Yeah. He's a serial killer.
1: <laughs> yeah. What do you,
2: you No sauce on a grilled chicken sandwich from McDonald's. I don't even know who John Delaney is. I mean, who does?
3: He was
1: a former <laughs> congressman from Maryland. Oh, you I'm should know. I yeah. You know that no, right? Amy yeah. Klobuchar actually said the baked potato. Uh,
3: which I still think is a good answer.
1: Yeah. That's a good question. Michael comment. Bennett said an Italian sausage, sausage an Italian sausage <laughs> sandwich at Paschi in Pueblo, Colorado. Shout out to Paschi in Pueblo, Colorado for yeah, sponsoring there. this podcast. <laughs> Bill de Blasio on the I've got a I think I've got, I've got one got to go to. My one brain go to. is not working. It's pulled pork.
2: That's a good one. A pulled pork sandwich. I yeah. can see that. Like it, barbecue sauce, coleslaw.
3: Yeah. Andrew That's Yang good.
1: said kind bars. And on the podcast, I had a joke sorry. that was what.
2: <laughs> oh yeah.
1: And I thought that was so funny. Like, <laughs> I it. it. Though, no, you didn't. I'm... Nobody got it. Was funny. Wait, so, wait. What was the joke? Um, what are internet cookies? What are internet cookies actually?
2: What are oh, 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 internet cookies? I don't know.
1: I don't either. But do you think that maybe Andrew Yang, that's his actual comfort food?
2: Maybe.
1: <laughs> Just one of those things you read but not really ever say.
2: Um, Marianne Williamson says, I have. I have no comfort food.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. uh, Pete said beef jerky. I know they're on a deadline, mainly me. <laughs> um, so here's the next question. So this it means, well, here's a question. Think about factory farming. Okay. Machines. Right. They have to run on gears, so some people get pissed about those machines, and it really grinds our gears. What grinds <laughs> your gears? What's your pet peeve?
3: Like any kind. Me as an in, like an individual me.
1: Yeah, you as your own person.
3: Uh, fake British accents. Yeah, yeah. yeah like when people... or just like any any fake accent. Really, like when someone tries to do an accent and they're not particularly I love a good, good accent. at it. But if they're really bad at it, I yeah. don't know why I grind. Like you don't you don't have to.
1: Even if you know, they're just crying?
2: Maybe, yeah. Uh, I, I, it's a weird one, I, I know.
1: That's funny. <laughs> I was
2: a demon for Halloween, and I got really drunk, and in my mind, because I was watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer... Wait, this year
1: you're a demon? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And
2: I, in my mind, I'm like, demons have British accents. And so when I was really drunk at the bar, I was doing a British accent.
1: <laughs> How did you dress for that?
2: Um, well, I got a cape, and then just kind of like a nondescript shirt, black pants. And then I had these horns... With a really thin band, so it went into your hair. You couldn't really see it. And then red paint. I can. I have a picture, actually. Okay, I can yeah. show you. That, we'll later. post it
1: with the um, podcast. Mm. <laughs> <I think laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very On stinky. Instagram.
2: Um, but I had, a, I had a fake British accent. That also sounded Australian. So. Okay. Good thing you guys didn't see each other that night. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> yeah, someone would have died. I would have grinded my gears. <laughs> okay, what go about go. you? Oh,
1: okay, so last time I said, and people said, okay...
2: <laughs> Remember?
1: But I, had, I didn't edit it out. That was oh, but that was. I don't want to talk about it. Um, thing. One thing that really grinds my gears, and I realized it lately, is when people walk so slow getting in or out of the elevator. When I have to go to work, uh, yeah. I'm on the seventh floor. I'm not that high up, but if you guys walk so slow to get into the elevator, I'm gonna miss my bus. Yeah. I'm like, why do you walk so slow? Walk five feet and get in the elevator. We will move. But they, this, like, a weird force field happens, and I just, like, freak out. Because I'm like, go! No, good, I'm like, I'm running late. Like, I can't do this. Like, I would have ran down the stairs if I thought it would be faster. Like, just walk faster. We're already in an elevator. It's kind of slow.
3: <laughs> Does that thing work where they say if you just hold the floor you're going to, it won't stop at other floors, even if people are calling it?
1: I don't know, but I'm going to try won't. that. So,
3: like, uh, I it's wouldn't. like what police use. But oh I might gosh. be completely wrong about this. But like, I'm definitely you just if you just, it. Oh, if you just press it and a hold conspiracy it, theory. but it's so hard to test because you don't actually you won't know, know who just went because no one called the elevator. Yeah. But, if, but I'll or, do it
1: every single time.
3: Yeah. So if you apparently if you just hold it down and you keep holding it until you get to your floor, it won't stop
2: at the other floors even if it's called.
1: Oh my gosh, I. But it could also
3: be complete. Well, you'd have to go to a really
2: <laughs> tall, busy building and try it out because cool. that's how you would know. But or you I'll could just put do it every time know. here. I'll just yeah. do it
1: every single time get in the elevator.
2: Yeah, but it's just it would be so much harder to test.
1: Not if it, all, all I, I guess would just is be a bit coincidence. No, you would need someone else
2: to be on a different floor and have them push the button as you're in the elevator. Yeah, they'd have to call it at the floor. I guess that's the true test.
1: I don't care if it's accurate. <laughs> I just want to see if it works. If it, even if I get to the in your mind it'll be like oh my god get, this works every time yeah. so even
2: if it skips a couple of floors.
1: <laughs> if I get to the first floor every single time, I won't care if it's actually real, right? Or if yeah. I'm just lucky. Because it'll in. be real to you. Your turn. What's your... We'll grind your gears.
2: Um, I know that we've talked about this before, but I really hate people that walk really slow on the sidewalk, but not just that. People that walk in couples Mm. or, like, groups of four. Mm -hmm. It's like, get get out of my way. Like, one of you has to move. This isn't your sidewalk. Like, I'm here, too. Mm -hmm. I think just like with cars, there has to be the fast lane where you can walk around people and then the slow lane. They should
1: definitely develop that. I mean they are developing better bike lanes so soon I think after that will be better walk lanes on the sidewalks. Maybe. <laughs> <Better> <laughs> walk
2: lanes. Well, I mean even then bicyclists or, or cyclists what, you, what do you what do they call them? Cyclists. 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 Mm-hmm. cyclists? I don't like that word. I feel like
3: cyclist is like a like a like a professional one like like with the
2: you know I mean? yeah, um, yeah well, These are tight. definitely not professionals because <laughs> they follow no traffic rules and they just are on a rampage when they're on the streets. I'm talking about scooters. <laughs> uh,
3: the scooters, that's because no one even knows. Are they supposed to be on the sidewalk? Are they supposed to be on the the bike lanes? Are they supposed to be on the street? I mean, they say don't be on the sidewalk, but no one's following that rule.
2: I mean, I think they only move so fast, so them being on the road doesn't make any sense and no one's wearing any protective gear. Oh, no, yeah. So, bicycle lanes, and I mean, I guess on the sidewalk, you kind of have. I
3: feel like the bike lane makes the most
2: sense to me. But I've almost been killed by a scooter. Really? Yeah.
1: Do you want to talk about it?
2: I'm going to cry. and no, I'm getting. Okay. okay. <laughs> I was walking home late after work, and I am walking because I walk on the right side. Obviously, it's what you're taught in elementary school. So, I'm walking down, and I'm on the block where my house is. So, I have to turn left on the sidewalk, right, to go into where I'm going. And then this person on a <laughs> scooter zips past me. They're going so fast. And I'm like, what are you doing? I almost died.
1: Do they have, like, little horns or, like, little bells? little bells. Do they? Out. Yeah, I think they have little
2: I didn't bells. I not hear any bells. I mean, <laughs> granted, my headphones were in. But <laughs> what are you doing going that fast yeah. in the middle of the night? Next well, to some. Well, I feel someone. like that's
1: probably when you feel like you could go fast. There's not a lot of people out.
2: But you, there's literally a person right in front
1: of you. Okay, yeah, you got, you're right.
2: Yeah. And I was like, um, excuse me. And they just, like, I didn't actually say that in my mind. I was like, how dare you. And they're going so fast, they just, like, zip past me. And really it's a good thing
3: they're speed-capped here. Because, like, I've I've been on a scooter in Austin, in Texas, and they're, like, those things can fly. Really? really? Motor down there. Well, there's a bunch of highways. Yeah. I mean, you could really just get it going. I feel like it's... you might
1: need to talk a little bit louder. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't want to stop it, but I just have that feeling. Sorry. sorry. Okay, <laughs> I just have no editing like... software, so I can't edit the volume at all.
2: I'll lean in as well. Okay, cool. I've definitely heard... Online people talking about, people that maybe work in the like ER rooms, about the, the number of injuries that they get from people being on scooters, especially all these people doing it drunk. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: Well, that wraps up Scooter Talk. <laughs> and,
2: uh, <laughs> thanks for listening to our segment on scooters.
1: All right, moving on.
2: Oh, let's uh, ask this really um, more serious question mm-hmm. that I think um, is pertinent to the issue, but do you consider hunger to be a political issue?
1: Uh, I think
3: most definitely. I think you see it uh, around the world and at home. Um, I think hunger and the resources behind it and kind of the conversation around it um, is definitely used sometimes as a weapon. It's sometimes used as a, a way to... I think it's something that every international development group needs to be careful of, especially when we're working internationally to make sure that we don't look like you know, a certain candidate or a certain government is providing these resources, is providing this aid, and you know you should vote for them because of that. And I mm-hmm. think, uh, I think in in the past, uh, that has happened. Um, so I definitely, yeah, I, I definitely think so. And I think where you see hunger around the world, you can definitely see it used as a way to kind of keep people down and keep people. You know, it's hard to focus on an election if you are literally trying to focus about where your next meal is coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think it's a political issue.
2: Yeah, I think it's hard because like, well, not hard, but in a capitalist society, it's it's hard to argue that hunger is a human right, but it is. Mm-hmm. And we take that away from people in the same way that we take away water and housing. Um, and we've learned that these are things that we can use against people in ways that you keep people who are impoverished uh, in the same situation that they're in now. Mm -hmm. And it sucks.
1: So have you, like, experienced, or have you heard, like, I don't know if you work with, like, affiliates in other countries. Mm -hmm. Have they, like, experienced any, like, shortages because of, like, the aid cuts?
3: Um, I, uh, not so much from our government, because a lot of what we're doing is very separate from that. It's from our donors, it's from our volunteers, so... Um, as long as we can convince people that they should care about this for the most part um, we're okay but you know things do happen around the world where we can't get things into certain areas you know there's a um, a pretty severe political situation going on in Haiti mm-hmm. um, and it stopped a lot of our ability to bring in resources into Haiti and um, you know it's a country that desperately needs resources it's the poorest country in the western hemisphere um, and just kind of everything that's going on in the country, it's sort of stopped us, stopped us from bringing things in. We saw it in Nicaragua as well. Um, we had to stop briefly, um, just because we want to ensure our donors that mm-hmm. if they are giving us money, if they are allowing us to, or trusting us to make sure that this food gets to where we say it's going to go, that it actually does get to where it's going. Yeah.
1: And do you lead like trips or anything with, volunteers? I
3: don't, we do. Um, I don't personally, but we do. Um, and we also do it, you know, we give staff an opportunity as well. So uh, pretty much the entire month of July, I got to see our affiliate uh, Rise Against Hunger in South Africa. Oh, nice. um, so I really got a great opportunity to see um, some of the situations that are going on there um, and some of the just really amazing communities that are doing such amazing things with, you know, so little resources. Um, and, just you know very simple things can help and very simple things can ensure that students have a really great opportunity to learn Mm -hmm. and that's really what it's all about Um, but I think the focus is is always on in particular in in South Africa on these women that are running these early childhood development centers where a lot of our meals go Um, they're basically a a preschool and a kindergarten they're designed to give a place for small children to go to um, because there aren't a ton of Uh, government run places like that Um, they're also designed to get students ready to enter the south african Mm. school system Um, and there's not a ton of government run places like that there are some but there aren't a ton of them so um, especially in some of these more rural areas and some of the townships um, it's really important that uh, families have a place for the young students to go and for young students to really get that great early education that they need and hunger is a huge part of that that's when their bodies and their minds are developing the most and if you don't have proper nutrition going along with that education, it, it's not going to go anywhere. You know, you have to make sure that your body is, you know, getting the nutrients that it needs so it can retain the knowledge and it can grow how you're supposed to grow. Um, I've also seen it in Nicaragua, you know, really amazing people that day in and day out are seeing some some pretty horrible things, but in spite of it, they are there every day and they're teaching these kids and these kids are getting a wonderful education because of what they're doing Uh, and so you know I think the focus always is for me is our partners on the ground our our in-country partners these folks who are South African who are Nicaraguan that are taking the resources that we're able to provide them they're asking for it and really just going that extra mile and going that last mile and making sure that their students have such a great start to their education or you know middle and end of their education as well Sorry. That's That's right. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, how
1: long have you been with this organization?
3: Uh, four years.: nice. Yeah, So I started right after, my, uh, right after I finished my undergraduate degree, um, and I wanted to do something really hands-on. Um, I had done some internships uh, abroad and with USAID, and I enjoyed them, but I knew at this point in my life I wanted something that was really hands-on, and this is it. You know, I throw 50-pound rice bags over my shoulder and I tell people why they should care about people halfway around the world.
1: That's super cool. So, do do you work directly with volunteers?
3: (laughs) Yep. So, uh, here in the D.C. area, me and my team—I think you met some of them: Yasmin, Hannah, and Alzina. Um, We all go out into the community to houses of faith, to school groups, to corporate groups. Um, Basically, those groups uh, fundraise to buy the raw ingredients, to buy the packaging material, and then we bring everything to them. We teach them how to package the meals, and we also teach them why they should care.
1: Well. I think I know someone that might be interested in volunteering. Or oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, so I have done different things with GCDC, but uh, my latest idea has been um, starting a blog for our website. And what that would look like is I would, uh, for example, go to where you work. Mm-hmm. Um, where are you guys based anyways?
3: So our, our, our warehouse is in Ashburn, Virginia, out by Dulles. Um, but we always kind of say we, our office is where we are because we do the entire DMV area. So mm-hmm. all the way up to Baltimore, all the way down to uh, Fredericksburg, out to the eastern shore of Maryland, out to West Virginia, um, and everywhere in between. So
1: you host these so packaging things and like churches and da Yeah.
3: So they'll actually host it. So synagogues, mosques, churches, schools, um, corporate groups down on K Street, uh, they'll host us and they'll fundraise to buy the raw ingredients. We bring the raw ingredients to them, we bring the equipment that they'll need, um, and then we bring someone like myself. Uh, We do it all. We literally drive the truck there. Um, We, you know, have everything on pallets, all of that jazz, Um, and then we teach them how to do it, and we also engage with them and answer their questions, and hopefully, you know, make sure that they realize what they're doing is going to help someone.
2: Okay, so what I would do is sort of investigative journalism to some extent, where I see what a day in the life of what you do looks like mm-hmm. and um, take pictures, take notes and volunteer my time right yeah. for the day um, and then blog about it for our website. So it, for us, kind of builds our brand and, and kind of what we want to do, but also it gives our audience a better idea of what you do and why it's so important. And um, I think it's just a really cool way to connect the two things definitely
3: and you know i would say we would we would love to host that um we don't really have a a set day um you know some days i'm running around doing these events other days we're doing educational talks so we're just kind of getting out into the community some days i'm just washing stuff in my warehouse um and and kind of everything in between i mean i feel like any of those things there (laughs) is
2: something in that that you know we can really appreciate yeah right
3: i think the events are are probably the the biggest thing because it, it is really our chance to and you know I tell my staff all the time we are the the medium between our beneficiaries and the this group of people um, you know we are our, our staff has an opportunity to go and see our beneficiaries and to bring that story and to make sure that we're telling uh, a respectful story that we're telling one that's full of hope and that we're not you know kind of uh, cashing in on, on poverty i on cashing in on distress but that we're telling these folks that what they're doing is is truly creating great opportunities for folks to, you know, live their lives how they would like to, and and food is a huge portion of that. That if they don't have to worry about that aspect, that they can do more things. Can um, I ask a scandalous question? Yeah, and then yeah, I of of want course. to
1: ask. A, wait, let me ask my question, then ask the yeah. scandalous. because it's <laughs> going to be more exciting. Um, but I think it's also important to have people like reporting on what happens on the back end because a lot of times people are. Get pissed that like any money that they're donating yeah. to nonprofits goes to administrative yeah. things, but you have to pay the people that are making all of this possible. So I think like understanding the work that people are doing on the back end is also like pretty important.
3: Yeah, I think it's always such a fine line. Obviously, you know, for any nonprofit, of you know, we want great people working for us. We want great talent. We want the smartest people. That comes with a paycheck sometimes. Um, but yeah. how do you balance that with? what we are actually saying that we are going to give back to our beneficiaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we feel really great at Rise Against Hunger. We're about 85 cents to the dollar is for our beneficiaries. Nice. Um, so it's a pretty, pretty good standard, um, I would personally say.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of times, especially when you're donating to places where, you know, their CEO or someone is making <laughs> like six figures and all this money and sort of like, okay, are we really yeah. using um, these donations to the best?
1: But it, yeah. But at the same time, like, if you're the – if you're the – I know CEOs of, like, local Habitat affiliates that make six figures, but they're also providing housing to, like, hundreds of people a year and managing, like, really big construction projects. And, like, the CEO of Habitat International makes six figures, but he's leading an organization that has, like, 1,200 affiliates and 70 affiliates in different countries. So, like – I know there's like it's just like such a weird balance and thing yeah. to like argue, but we also get funding from the government. This yeah. isn't about, um, <laughs> but I just think it's important that for people to note that people who work for nonprofits also deserve to get paid. Yeah, I
3: mean, yeah, you know, and I like survive. Yeah. yeah, I know to pay, pay, pay my rent. I gotta <laughs> buy yeah. groceries too. So, so I think that'd be a cool <laughs> thing to
1: cover. To be like, this is what happens on the back end. Just know that your dollars are important, also because these people need to eat too. Yeah. Anyways, okay, what's the scandalous <laughs> question?
2: Oh, it might be that not that scandalous, but. <laughs> You've, you said that there are a lot of different uh, people and organizations that can host these fundraisers, and yeah. you said some of them are corporate. Yeah. Do you ever get the sense from them that they genuinely care about these issues, or if they're just doing it, you know, for clout or for whatever, as a, as a, you know, maybe an imaging thing for their own organization?
1: And what is the organization? <laughs> right, what,
2: and what are their names? <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, I, you know, in my experience, uh, especially the employee volunteers that are doing it, I've found nothing but passion from them and nothing but a a willingness to help, you know, so many of the folks that we're working with in these different groups, uh, they're taking it on in addition to their job. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not extra pay they get because they help do these volunteer events. There's not, you know, this is something that they've chosen to care about and that they want to engage their staff in. Um, so for me, I, I definitely think that, um, at least employee wise and, and the folks that I actually see and work with a little bit more, uh, there's there's a lot of love. There's a lot of passion for it. There's a lot of people that genuinely want to know more. That's awesome. Um, and it's actually how we get the bulk of groups that want to do it. It's word of mouth. So, you know, we'll go down to a law firm on K Street and they'll say, Hey, you know, my church out in Alexandria, I think, would love this. You know, can we figure out how to do it there? And that's how we get our message around and, and how we get to people. And we do close to 220 events a year uh, uh, no. with... A huge range of groups across our region, Um, so we're, you know, we stay busy. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: I've I've only had one experience where I was at a fundraiser for this nonprofit that I was like volunteering for, and it was a really big deal. It was actually for City Year, and we were. This was in California, so we were on Levi Stadium, like the field, which is like, I mean, I'm sure they kind of donated to us, but that's like a million dollars, right? And it was like hundred dollars a plate. And there were all of these, like, donors there and, and all this stuff. And I was a part of this group called the A-Team that was given the task to um, mingle with people at this cocktail reception. And, I mean, some of them were just the most disgusting people. Yeah. Right? Like, this person showed up and was like, well, I donated last year, so I'm not going to donate this year. I'm like, no. Why are you
1: here? And, like,
2: yeah, sure, it's a thank you to you, but you if you have the money, so why not give Yeah. You know? And they, they were just very, like passe about it. And I was just like,
1: and it's weird Whoa. that they would even say that to you. Like well, if I, that they were.
2: I was there, but they probably didn't even register me being there. They were just like talking with their other friends and having cocktails. And yeah. I was just Like, okay, cool. Did you do city year? Yeah.
1: I feel like we probably talked about this. No, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry.
2: That's why, why this, that's why I was at this That's why I was at this Okay. <laughs> I was not a donor.
1: Well, I didn't know if you were a side volunteer, but cheers to
2: Americorps. Yeah. So well, is Americorps, yeah. right? It's yeah, it's an Americorps program. Yeah. But this this specific site and this specific event was kind of gross was just like...
1: yeah I didn't know that you had to fundraise for AmeriCorps
2: well I, I don't know they were hosting a fundraiser it was like a it was a gala basically oh yeah. a, gala. a gala let's differentiate so AmeriCorps yeah. is known for our gala. yeah that's, that's yeah <laughs> um, and meanwhile like our members were outside on the red carpet like doing our little song and dance and stuff like yeah. <laughs> like clowns oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: those were the days I know <laughs>
2: Well, fundraising in general is just always tough. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Especially for me where, you know, I was literally on food stamps because they didn't really yeah. pay you, you got a stipend. Yeah. And we're living in Silicon Valley, which is one of the most the most, places yeah. um, in the world. And here we are like shaking our tail feather for
1: yeah.
2: all of these like big tech companies who are going to throw pennies at us. And then
1: us. I'm sure people were like, you're choosing to do this program. Like, you don't deserve to have... Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh, well, I bet you did get some food from that. I used to... I mean, I think that's what inspired me to love free food so much. Like, doing a Miracle and, like, realizing how important it is. Yeah. Like, I never really lost its charm.
2: Well, thankfully for me, I lived with six other people. So, we um, would kind of, like... Uh, what's the word? We would put all, Yeah, we would pool our, our food stamps. And so, like, every week, one of us would go use our food stamps to buy the groceries. And, and that's how we would kind of... So there was a lot of money in the house. Yeah. But mind you, that it kind of shows you how expensive it was. There were seven of us in one yeah. house. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We should also do an AmeriCorps, like, service episode. Oh, that
2: would be... I have so much. Me too. We could do, like, a whole series. And I didn't even do the full year. I, I, I quit.
1: Wow, I did three years.
2: Yeah. Wow. Well, because <laughs> <laughs> well, I... Um, one, don't manage my money very well, and I didn't have very much of it. Yeah. Um, and I was a little depressed. And also, like, this was shortly after the whole Gala thing. I was just like, this is so yeah. stupid. Like, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. And so I was like, deuces. Peace, y'all. <laughs> People <laughs> leave AmeriCorps all the time. I definitely time. had an experience, for sure.
1: Yeah, we can discuss that. Yeah. We talk about that grinding yeah. your ears. What is your favorite Little Debbie's treat?
3: Oh, er um... Zebra cakes aren't
1: little Debbie? Are yeah, they? they are. Zebra cakes. Okay. 100%
2: zebra People
3: cakes.
1: People get confused between like hostess and little Debbie's, and oh, little Debbie's cause... are the finer ones, like zebra cakes. Zebra oh, Star the
2: first thing I thought about was Twinkies. That's hostess. That's hostess. hostess, yeah. I don't know. Do they have like, what,
1: what are they? I other can give you some have? examples. So I used to eat one of these in my lunch every day <laughs> zebra <laughs> cakes, Swiss roll cakes, mm. peanut butter crunch bars or something that are like the sacks. The Nutter Butter? The Nutter Butter is an Nabisco treat. Uh, well, um, you know it in every treat. Cosmic Brownie. That's Ooh, a, that's a good Little Oh, okay. The, like, Christmas tree that is basically a zebra cake, but with, like, mm-hmm. clear sprinkles. Oatmeal cream pie. Okay.
0: great. Um, that,
1: that, cr- that crunchy Rice crispy thing that's, like, caramelly and covered in chocolate. Mm, I don't
2: know. It's, mm.
1: it's not Star Crunch. I don't
2: know. I've definitely had those Cosmic Brownies. Those were delicious. Yeah, yeah.
1: They, this was like, Those were like a cafeteria staple.
3: That was a solid snack trading yeah. you know, <laughs> Like If you were going to trade for some stuff, you had a, a great hand if you had the Cosmic Brownie. Yeah. I wanna, you could get a lot of combos off I of it. I
1: really want to quickly tell you what I used to eat every single day before my, like, this is just what my, my parents did. <laughs> so, really quickly, for breakfast, I would have either two waffles with butter, honey, and and sugar, like butter. I'm like kind of buzzed right now. Okay, <laughs> for breakfast, I would have two waffles yeah. with butter, syrup, and honey, and a coke. syrup and honey. Yeah, and a it's coke so or or teeth. chocolate milk, and or if we were on a rush, we would go to Krispy Kreme, where I would get one glaze and one chocolate glazed donut and a coke. For lunch every <laughs> single day, I would have a coke, a little Debbie snack, some kind of chips, and a bologna and provolone. Sandwich with mayonnaise, <laughs> unless my mom was feeling crazy, where I would get a butter sugar sandwich that was just literally butter and sugar, like this much, in between two pieces of white bread. For dinner, I would have a Coke, whatever my mom made, and then I would always eat a drumstick for dessert. Unless we went to Taco Bell, <laughs> I would get. A Coke, a, no. like quesadilla, and a chocolate taco.
3: <laughs> Do you still drink this much Coke? No, like, I like
1: sometimes drink Diet Coke, but now I have like Zevia and like all the like healthy things. <laughs> <Not> but, like, <laughs> when my friends, when I tell my friends this, they're like, "Cause I like eat pretty healthy now."
3: It makes that, my teeth hurt. That's like, what I just heard. An insane <laughs> amount like, of sugar. How did you not
2: get diabetes?
3: When
1: my teacher told me that butter sugar sandwiches for fattening it took me down a whole new road. so like then I was like what's oh fattening and then I was like, like what you're like that's the most fattening thing think about everything else that I've been eating and right. then I'm like what are calories and well so, that's definitely
2: the one that stands up the most where it's like you came up with this like everything right. else is sort of just like stuff you can get but this one is
1: my mom did I yeah. didn't make it up <laughs> wow. so that's why I asked the little that's, Debbie's that's thing that's
2: wild Oh my God. I think
1: I like Swiss roll cakes because I like to like eat the chocolate layer yeah. that needs other thicker chocolate. Oh, That's yeah, 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 yeah. Those you are, are fun. Take it off yeah. first,
2: yeah. I can see that. That's a pro move.
1: Okay, I'm going to stop this. Have to oh, well, this have me you funny. whatever you want.
2: Yeah. Um, Either one. Well, how about this? Do you get hangry? Definitely.
3: Definitely. Uh, my sister's worse than me. But, uh, yeah, definitely I do. And my like office kind of knows it. So if, like we know we're getting around lunchtime, and I just, like, start snapping at people, they're like, all right, Alex needs to eat. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Shut what's it the down? telltale
2: sign that you're hangry? I
3: think I, uh, I, I normally just, like, snap at people. Yeah. Just, you know, everything starts to annoy me, and I'm just like, yeah. Everything really grinds your gears. Everything starts to grind my gears. Everything sounds like it's in a British accent. So. Oh, gosh, that's <laughs> <so> scary. <laughs> that would be,
1: like, a weird, like... Um, hallucination from hunger right from oh no that'd bottles. be a really
2: funny like SNL skit where like you start to get hungry and all of a sudden everyone is speaking in a British <laughs> accent and you're losing your mind and you kill them all it really
1: would <laughs> do you guys get hungry do you hear that SNL <laughs> yeah. writers
2: um, you can bill me later yeah <laughs> I definitely get hangry and it's harder for me because I work in the restaurant industry and so I'll be hungry I know that I don't I have like hours before I can eat and I'm literally serving food
3: yeah
1: Can you like, sneak a french fry or something?
2: I mean, you could, but it's, like, one that we have an open concept, so everyone can kind of see, you know, like, they'll literally watch (laughs) you still fry. So it's just not very professional. Thankfully, I'm kind of in management, so I can, you
3: know... And when
1: you're in management, you're going to be, like... (laughs)
2: <laughs> I'm right just in front of everyone's face yeah i'm just taste testing
3: i was a waiter for most of my life and like when you have to pull a double and you're yeah. like like some of the people i would work with very professional they'd bring their snacks they like knew when to take oh i was over. never that i was never person, that person no. i was never that person so i'm just you know i'm six hours deep and i'm like i haven't eaten
2: anything today
3: yeah, yeah. i'm like losing my
1: mind. like popping olive up behind the bar yeah. I guess that doesn't like, I mean really there are, there are
2: thing, but that, that's also weird like I'm not gonna eat well one olives are disgusting but I'm not gonna eat an olive <laughs> in day. front of like all of my guests like hey I'm yeah. just here eating an olive guys <laughs> <laughs> don't mind me like that's just that's weird that's true but I wish I was that person who was so prepared where I'd have you know a banana and a kind bar in my back but yeah. that's just not me there was a
3: woman I worked with who had, had like she would bring multiple smoothies so like she like timed out her day via the smoothies that she would that's bring that's crazy she was yeah She's I don't, a great waiter.
1: I don't really get hungry, like, hangry. I'm definitely hungry. I don't think I get... Actually, I don't really get hungry. I feel like I, I'm kind of a person that always has some snacks. But I do get really pissed when I'm tired. Mm. And not really pissed, but, like, I cry. Like, <laughs> I'll be, like, very emotional. Like, if we're on a trip, and, like, I cannot sleep on planes so well. So then I will guarantee... Guaranteed I will be so tired, I will probably cry. <laughs> so...
2: At least you have an outlet for your emotions.
1: Yeah, it's like, some people get hangry, I just get really emotional when I can't sleep.
2: Yeah, and that's fair. I feel like if you are hungry and tired, I mean, the fair. possibilities are endless mm-hmm. of what could happen.
1: Really, people could get very violent.
2: Yeah, I'm ex- <laughs> I, I, look, I look forward to that.
1: Because we're going to go on our trip together? What? You heard it here first. <laughs> we're going to be going on a do-good, feel-good road trip. Whoa. Who wants to come? Link in the bio. Yeah, And where
2: are we going?
1: You vote. 32 <laughs> yeah. Twitter followers. All right. Oh, wait. Um, yeah, so
2: you said you had questions you wanted to ask.
1: Yes. Okay. So I have this idea. And apparently many people have had this idea. But I think it would be good to have a data comic slash non-profit person. Think of a better name. Auction. And we'll host an event in D.C. Where we'll have people come. And they'll present themselves, and it'll be like a funny auction. People can vote, and then whoever wins, that person will want to date with that comic or nonprofit person. And then the money will go directly to the nonprofit that person chooses, either the comic or the nonprofit person. Originally, I just wanted to be like date a comic. Auction, right? But I feel oh, like date
3: a
2: comic.
3: I yeah. thought you were saying data comic.
1: And yeah, like, I was I like, what's a data, data comic? comic? Oh, like a date, like yeah, yeah like like no. comic <laughs> I don't know yeah, what's so Like comics about date space data. a space. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a
3: comic like representing. Go on a yeah. date project. with a comic. We
1: raised so much money doing this for the rock climbing club at UCF, but I feel like you brought out like 19 people to that <laughs> comedy show, so I feel like you probably have some friends.
3: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like we used to do that in college. The the fraternity I was in, yeah, yeah. Well, we know you were in a fraternity because you were in a fraternity. I know. I didn't mean to today. That was a. a, I went rock climbing. I went rock climbing earlier. Oh, was that another? Wow, not feel very left out, but I did. You can climb. I've never climbed
2: anything in my life.
1: Anything? Well, I think
2: I I I kind of climbed this cliff, but climbed. Everyone that sounds like something. It was, a, it was a very, um, I don't know, there was, it, was, it, it, it wasn't It was very tall, but there was a way you could kind of climb up the side, and then there was a sort of natural path that went up to the top, but it was very, very steep. When I was climbing up, I was like, I'm going to fall and I'm going to die.
1: <laughs> then and I think I you definitely it. climbed.
2: Yeah. I'm a natural climber.
1: So, there you have it. Um... <laughs> People interested in dating Dennis? We've got a natural climber.
2: Yeah. So it's one of my sh- many. I think
1: we policies. should do this. And I think and-
2: that would be fun. <laughs> well. You probably need like
3: three or four nonprofits too.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. We, mm. we definitely get someone from Habitat.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. We're always in.
1: Okay. We got two. <laughs> and then we have loads of comics. Jill will bring out like $30,000 because the people are obsessed with her.
2: Who?
1: Jill Gonzalez. Oh, yeah.
2: She is really pretty.
1: Yeah. That's why I was really sad that she wasn't at the last show.
2: Yeah, I guess as long as we remember to invite like members of the LGBT community, I could probably make some money for our good cause.
1: Yeah. Never
2: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the cause gets the money. Yeah, no, no. Sure. <laughs> I don't want it.
1: So you, are, are you guys are interested?
2: Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
1: Okay, cool. Alright, you heard it here first.
2: <laughs> yeah. Breaking news. Doo-doo. Date a comic. Not date a comic. That sounds foreboding. That's, That's, That's
1: scary. great. Someone's going to go on a date. <laughs> that one, what
2: is that supposed to mean? I don't know. That is more guy. like news. Okay, <laughs> well, so to tie everything together, what, what do you think is something tangible that people can do um, to support this issue, to support your organization?
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, uh, you know, some of the, the obvious things... Go to our website riseagainsthunger.org. dot um, org. Go to our Twitter at rise twenty thirty.
1: Wait, what is twenty thirty?
3: Uh, yeah, so um, the the United Nations set what was called the Sustainable Development Goals. So they're a build off SDGs. Yes. Hashtag goals. Hashtag goals. <laughs> um, they're a build off of the Millennium Development Goals, and basically the goal for hunger is by the year twenty thirty that we eliminate uh, extreme hunger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we, as an organization, have aligned ourselves with that. Uh, Because we work in international hunger. (laughs) Um, So uh, I think it's just a really good mile marker of just, uh, you know, sometimes you just have to actually set a date, right? You have to set a time of what your goal wants to be and and try to work towards it.
1: Rise 2030?
3: At Rise 2030. And then Instagram and and Facebook are just Rise Against Hunger. Um, But yeah, and then I would also say if you go to our website, we have tons of blog posts about uh, stories about folks, uh, our recipients that are getting... Um, our meals. Uh, We have tons of stories about folks that are working in our community development projects. One of my favorite ones uh, is actually in Vietnam. We're working with um, new mothers and and young women in Vietnam uh, to give them uh, entrepreneurial classes to teach them how to start new businesses uh, there in Vietnam and and really bring a lot of money into their household. Um, And there's tons of stories like that. And you know, if any of them catch your eye, uh, we wouldn't say no to a donation either. So uh, there's a big old donate button on the website. Yes, as donate. Well. <laughs> the least you can do. Yeah, I
1: feel like you have a really impressive website because it does provide like there's something that's like hunger facts and quotes, hunger 101. It's like a lot of stuff that's actually valuable for the user, not just yeah. to donate, but to like learn and then like ad- advocate for themselves.
3: Definitely, and and I think it's because and. I think something that we're trying to do, what we try to do well is, uh, you know, make sure that these stories are being told uniquely. Um, Hunger looks different in the Philippines than it does in Mozambique. Um, And I think it's important that the stories that we tell reflect that and the stories that we tell um, reflect the community that they're a part of. And it's actually um, a, a big reason why the meal is how it is. Our meals are particularly bland, but we do it on purpose. We never want to tell people what something should taste like. We never want to be the Americans that are coming in and, and dictating how they should use meals. We give them, you know, guidelines If this is how you use it. This is kind of the nutrition facts, but otherwise we want them to make it their own. And I think that's what we see when we get those stories back of folks really taking what we're giving them and making it their own and making it something that works for their community. And, and that always makes me really proud. Um. Awesome. So check those stories out.
1: <laughs> Definitely yeah. take that for a salad. And that like, was uh,
3: what was the website again? RiseAgainstHunger.org dot org.
1: So your social media handles are.
2: My personal one.
1: Sure. If you want people to tweet at you, oh, we have I... no <laughs> followers on Twitter. We should okay. do Instagram. We have.
2: Yeah. Just in uh, case it's... people want to learn more about your life.
1: Uh, yeah. It's
3: the same for both. Uh, Alexander Hart seventeen, H A R T. Are these me.
1: private accounts.
3: No, I think they're they're wide open. And, uh, <laughs> nothing to nothing to hide.
1: Send them your questions.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Our social media people at, yes, at yes. Twitter are really, or at Rise Against Hunger are really great too, so if you ever tweet at Rise2030, they'll answer you. Yeah. Her name's Maggie, and she'll answer you, so. Oh, hey, cat, What was that? I was
1: like, I have oh, yeah, Twitter. <laughs> yeah, what's your Twitter? Momo's Twitter is Momo the cat. Oh. Just kidding. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I
2: honestly would have believed it. <laughs> yeah, I would have believed that.
1: Do you, you want to be... name drop any social?
2: I am not on Twitter or Instagram. Good, good, for, you. For, you. But good if for you. You can find me on Facebook, I guess, if you want Dennis Escalero. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> become his friend. We're all yeah. friends. I um, sometimes talk shit on there.
1: Good. On Instagram, the show is at Do Good Feel Good Show. On Twitter, it's Do Good Show. The pod... That's the podcast. The comedy show is Grassroots Comedy DC on Instagram.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And On, on Twitter, Twitter, it's
2: Grassroots Funny.
1: Yeah, and then we have our next upcoming show... January
2: something. It's very new. That's why we don't know it. Don't judge us. Sorry, Chris.
1: You can get tickets to the show at a discounted price if you use code Do Good when you get your ticket for the show that is happening on the date that I'm about to say, which is January... 10. <laughs> give you enough time to google it yeah we don't know who we're supporting yet but we guarantee a good time
2: it's an issue also check out our website grassroots comedy.com and
1: our also our podcast website dogoodfeelgoodshow.com <laughs> get and confused so much to check out uh,
2: yeah
1: <laughs> look y'all just put an hour in your calendar and look at all of our websites that we've mentioned tonight
2: please and thank you
1: and send andrew yang some internet cookies
2: <laughs> oh my god yeah all the internet cookies
1: all right,
2: this is okay. it.
3: Bye, Keep bye, everyone.
1: Up. Bye. This was fun, right? This is great. Yeah, yeah. It's the do good feel. Sing with me now. Do good, feel good. It's the do, do good, good, feel good feel good show. show. It sounded sad. Bien sentirse bien. Muy bueno.
0: So, uh, here's the deal. Uh, For those of you who don't already know and haven't already heard, uh, we acquired an amazing podcast a few months ago, uh, the Do Good, Feel Good Show, run by our very own Lauren Cantrell, right here. That's right. Uh, And uh, a few months back, we started doing live podcast recordings, of which this is one. Uh, So, uh, these... uh, Opportunities, these uh recordings allow us to get a little deeper into the cause. And um yeah, that's that's basically what we're doing. So we're gonna have a brief little interview right now, uh with Alex Hart in the hot seat. You ready? Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right, who's okay. got the first question? I could ask
1: the first question. Why not
0: want to ask the first question?
1: Okay, so what brought you to this amazing organization? Uh, Yeah, so
3: I was uh, fresh out of college. I had no experience. so I was looking for someone that would hire me to do that. Um, I had a a family friend who had worked for the organization. She told me all about what was going on, and uh, I was at a point in my life that I knew that I really wanted to give back and do it in a way that was very hands-on. Um, and all of my staff here, we very hands-on. We run events where they're actually packaging the meals. So we're throwing 50-pound rice bags over our shoulders. We're running a live warehouse. Um, so it's, it's a very fun, hands-on job, and, and that's what I wanted. What do
0: you do?
3: Oh yeah, (laughs) Um, so we we go around the the greater DC area. Um, We do educational programming. Um, Probably the the majority of what we do is actually volunteer meal packaging events. And if anyone's interested in them, please flag down Rise Against Hunger uh, employee. We'd love to tell you more about them. But it's basically, we bring volunteers from all over uh, the DMV from all walks of life that will come together uh, and package these meals that ultimately get sent uh, to these school feeding programs, to hospitals, to vacational schools, orphanages, anyone who needs them. Um, and it's our chance for, one, they pay for the raw ingredients, uh, but two, um, our chance to, to lead a group of volunteers uh, in telling them why they should care about people that live halfway around the world and why uh, they should focus on a cause like hunger, uh, not only here in the States, but, but abroad, and abroad is what we do.
1: Awesome.
0: Let's give a round of applause for that. I have a question, Alex. Uh, when your dad's fiance named Karen asks, Or it says, "I haven't eaten in three hours. I'm starving." (laughs) What do you say to her? (laughs) Asking for a friend.
3: (laughs) 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 They're (laughs) starving. I say it all the time too. You know, uh, I'm about to give a really lame. Like, take the joke away from this answer. (laughs) Um, You know, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, You know, there's (laughs) there's levels of hunger, and I think what we all experience of hunger is, you know, the base level of it. It's, I'm hungry and I can fix it right now. Um, For a lot of our communities, it's not that. It's I'm hungry and I'm not entirely sure when I can fix it or what I'm going to be able to do to fix it. And that's, you know, what we really strive and hope to make sure that people know that uh, with what they're doing, that they're helping someone to be able to fix that, that they can do that.
0: But what do you say to Karen? (laughs) Like, succinctly. (laughs) So she (laughs) understands. (laughs) Fuck you, Karen. Okay. You That's all I'm saying. Thank you, thank you. I'm gonna let her know that uh, that I was informed I could say that by profession. Is
1: someone texting Karen? Okay. So I have a question. Are you familiar with a democratic presidential candidate's comfort foods that this is many people know?
3: Uh no, I don't know them that well. Well, would you call yourself a booty? Uh, no, I mean, I'll eat garbage. Um, uh, yeah. no, <laughs> All right, you heard it
1: here 1st okay. garbage. Okay, I'm going to give you some some examples okay. of comfort foods, and you tell me which one you think will you want to be your president. Like, what do you want your president to eat? Oh, okay. Here are some responses. Kind bars are my comfort food. I will look for those little bowls of, you know, M&Ms or mints. That's psychotic. Um, They they don't exist everywhere. This is a really scary one. I have no comfort food. What? Um, Another? I don't have a comfort food. I have a comfort drink. And it's iced tea. Not even sweet.
0: I feel Um, like these are answers from serial killers. I I think
1: the scariest ones. And then one that is kind of badass. Not saying I support this candidate. I'm just telling you the comfort foods. Right. Um, a glass of whiskey at the end of the night. Which of those would you say? You would like, as your presidential comfort food for your president? I think whiskey
3: seems the most normal. Stuff. That's Kirsten
1: Gillibrand or yeah. Gillibrand? Well, Well, <laughs> then you guys, we're screwed. Actually, um, the Kind bars are Yang. The MMs are Mints are Hickenlooper. And I Have No Comfort Food is Williamson because she only eats air and love <laughs> and dreams. And then Castro says he only likes iced tea, which I assume in Texas they will at least say sweet tea. Right.
0: What did the actual candidate
1: say? Whoa! <laughs> oh, <laughs> question. Let me get into it for the next hour. Alright, we got 14. Um, <laughs> I'll just tell you that Amy Klobuchar said a baked potato, which sounds accurate for her pounds. Bernie Sanders just said he put on three pounds when in the Midwest, which isn't actually a food. Uh,
0: Biden refused to answer because he doesn't
1: eat anymore. Uh, And Steve Bullock... Who I didn't know was a candidate at any time loves a good hamburger. So we could go on and on for the next seven hours, but mm. I think you get the point. We have some tough decisions to make, <laughs> and you can turn in, tune in into the Democratic debate tomorrow. Work
0: okay. That's true. Okay. <laughs> yes. you just. Is that what was happening? You're just waiting for me to say. Okay. I think we have one final question. Right? I have a question. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to ask? Sure. Cool.
1: All right. So are you? You said you were a foodie, which is the actual reason you chose to work for that organization. Um, sure. It was implied. Um, so what exactly are internet cookies? <laughs> what are they? You're a foodie. I truly don't know. Okay. What are they? But nobody actually knows. So would you say that... Andrew Yang's actual favorite comfort food is eating internet cookies? Yes. All right. I
0: thought that was going to be a lot more funny. Well. One final question. Uh, And, Alex, I'm going to give you 20 seconds to answer this. What is one practical thing that our audience can do to make a difference for hunger around the world? Go to our
3: website, riseagainsthunger.org. Uh, see us on Twitter, at Rise2030, or on Instagram, Rise Against Hunger. But also, remember, there is also hunger in our backyard, too. So support it here locally, support it abroad. We have so many resources. We have so much we can do. We can all do it together.
0: Donate. 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 This is a fundraiser. Donate. Definitely donate. Give it up for Alex Hart, everybody. up for Cantrell. Yeah. yeah. You can just put that... Oh. Cool. All right. All right. I'm sure you guys were wondering, I, when's our next armor transition going to happen? I really want another one. Well? Well, here we are. Uh, okay.